you're a struggling student, you know, you're, you're waiting to start making that cash. You're kind of like, I can't wait to become this person and have these suits and these watches and be this individual. And then I got it really quick and it didn't feel right. Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. All right, awesome. So we are back for another episode, and today we have a very special guest. Cam McDougall, him and I went to BCIT together back in the day, would have been what, 2008 to 2010. We were both in the, uh, you were in sales, I believe. Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah, Entrepreneurship. And I was in business management and we worked together in entrepreneurship club called SIFE, Students in Free Enterprise. And we got to work on some really cool projects working with entrepreneurs in our community and going to events and public speaking on it. So Cam and I got to know each other really well during that time. And I have been following his journey into entrepreneurship since BCIT days. And he has absolutely blown me away with what he has achieved. So Cam is born and raised in Vancouver, BC, like myself, and is a former financial executive turned high performance coach. For over five years, he chased the dream in the finance game and slowly felt the grip of the golden handcuffs getting tighter and tighter. Being a natural-born rebel, he made a quick pivot, moved to Bali, and immersed himself in breathwork, meditation, and all things human optimization. Now Cam is the founder and CEO of InBodied, through which he and his team provide mission-driven entrepreneurs with the tools to shift physical, mental, and spiritual blocks and show up for their missions in their true power. The Embodied team is on a mission to give over 1 million years of lived life back to their stakeholders and support all of their clients to absolutely crush their professional goals and live the most badass lives. Wow. If that intro doesn't describe you to the T. I don't know what else does because when I read that, it absolutely totally talks to who you are and what I have been watching over the years. So I have so many questions for you. Let's first talk about a conversation that you and I had when I was still living in Australia and I was working in financial planning and you were talking about how you had made the transition from your very well-paying job in finance to being an entrepreneur with Barons of Beef, which was, uh, I'll get you to explain a little bit more about it so I don't butcher it. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) But yeah, tell us a little bit about how you started your career in finance after BCIT and what you were doing and your reference to the golden handcuffs, because that was a saying that has stuck with me for the past couple of years. Yeah, great question. What a journey that's been. 
I'm so happy and so grateful that that was really something that stuck because that's something that's really, really stuck in the back of my mind for a super long time now. So I guess, you know, to start, when I graduated business school, I was like, I'm going to be a CEO. I'm going to be this high power businessman. I'm just going to go in, make a whack ton of money, drive Ferraris, be super badass. And, you know, that'll be my life. And I got into it. And I got amongst it and I started doing that, right? I remember the third week on the job, I got handed the keys to a Ferrari 360 Spider, And they were like, take <laughs> this for the weekend. And I was like, holy shit, mom, you know, three weeks in, I'm already driving a Ferrari. I'm like, I've made it. But, you know, that, that led to, you know, obviously making a lot of money and going from zero to 60 really quick. And that whole environment was like, it was addicting at first. You're a struggling student, you know, you're, you're waiting to start making that cash. You're kind of like, I can't wait to become this person and have these suits and these watches and be this individual. And then I got it really quick and it didn't feel right. It really didn't feel right. And so I went deeper and I started hustling more and I started making more money and I started making more connects, you know, starting more joint ventures, doing all these things. And it just never really felt good. You know, it was that thing where it's like, you make a huge paycheck, you go to the nightclub and you spend, you know, two to three grand. And then you're like, okay, now I got to go make more money. And then you just get into this habit. And so upgrade your spending to meet your new lifestyle. And it's like, the more you make, the more you spend. And you're kind of in this vicious circle of just chasing more money, right? 100%, 100%. So if you have it, you'll spend it at that point in time. Right. And so you know, I remember the moment that all this kind of came to and I and I walked into my kind of mentor's office, who was at that company. And I walked in and I was like, dude, I'm like, I don't really feel like I'm enjoying this. You know, I've, I've got the means to make as much money as I want. You know, we're in a company where, you know, there's Lamborghinis and Ferraris and, you know, Bentleys parked in the basement. You know, I have access to all these cool things. I'm like, where's the fire? And, and he looked at me and he said, what are you getting at? And I said, well, I kind of have this passion to start my own thing. You know, I've now seen that making money is very easy, impossible if you work your, your ass off and you find the right opportunity. Right. But I'm like, but it's like, it's not feeling right. And he paused for a moment and he looked at me. And this is a guy who'd been in the game. He was probably, you know, late forties, early fifties, three kids, you know, a couple houses in West Van, like doing his thing, right? Lots of, you know, financial abundance. And he looked at me. And I just remember this stare and he just said, go. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, you're my mentor here. You're supposed to, you know, aren't you supposed to like tell me to go harder and build my book and earn more money? And, and he looked at me and he said, no. He said, the one regret I have in life is that I didn't pursue my own thing. And he wow. said, I have all the money, all the things, but my family is now used to a certain lifestyle. And he said, I have the golden handcuffs. And he went like this. And at that moment, I was just like, okay, I'm going. And, and the next day, I just pulled the ripcord, left, and wow. went all into the And company. you were there for about five years, right? Yeah, approximately. Yeah, yeah. and it, correct me if I'm wrong, it was a sales job, largely commission-based. And because you are such a natural-born salesman, <laughs> you were so good at it. And yeah. I remember talking to you, I think, a couple of years in, and it was like promotion after promotion, you know, you were driving the big fancy truck, you had all the bells and whistles living in a nice apartment, all these things. And so what did you decide to do next? <laughs> I get goosebumps when you ask that question, because I, I fire sold everything. 
I got rid of that whole identity. Yeah. Like I got rid of the apartment. I got rid of the truck. I got rid of the suits. I got rid of it all because I needed to just kind of erase the momentum that I had created. Mm -hmm. And I had to get back to me. I had to get back to, you know, what I wanted to do. And, and so I got rid of all that stuff. You know, I, I just, I started fire sailing. I downgraded my life dramatically and I put all of my energy into Barons of Beef, which is a company that Dylan, another BCIT student, and, and I had simultaneously started while we were both working at the same financial company. Right. And Barons of Beef also took off. I mean, that was a really cool business to watch grow. And, and for those that are unfamiliar with it, it was an ethical meat sourcing for people, especially in the particularly in the CrossFit community who were looking for new ethical ways of sourcing their beef and chicken and fish going straight to the source. So they didn't have to go through, you know, grocery stores and all of that. But also there was quite a vetting process for you guys Mm -hmm. to pick the farmers that you were using for your supply. So that was, again, a really cool business model to watch grow. What made you decide to get out of Barons of Beef and move on to Bali? Yeah, great question as well. Barron's was a beautiful experience. It was it was so much fun to build that company with Dylan, you know, drive to the farms and meet these farmers. And, you know, it, it happened totally organically. Once again, no pun intended. It was just <laughs> like, it just happened, you know, and it was a really cool experience. However, throughout the course of it, I started deepening my spiritual practice. And I started going very deep into, you know, dealing with my own trauma and dealing with, you know, a lot of stuff from my past, which, you know, is a whole podcast in itself, but, (laughs) you know, dealing with all that stuff and, and really doing my inner work, I started realizing that, you know, every week I was picking up the phone and I was calling and, you know, getting cow after cow and pig after pig and chicken after chicken killed. And, you know, I'm not a vegan. I still eat ethically sourced meat, but it just kind of started weighing on me after a while where I was just like, wow, I just, I saw the volume of like death in that sense. And, and right. I just, I just started thinking about it from a spiritual perspective and I'm like, well, this is growing. We're, we're becoming more and more successful. This is just going to get bigger. And so I just kind of really tuned in and took some time to realize, you know, if it was really truly what my calling was and it wasn't. And so the moment kind of similar to what happened to travelers, we spent, you know, I think about five years building that company. And, you know, we got to a point where it's funny because we were just about to absolutely take off. And I just could see the momentum coming and I knew, okay, if this takes off, this is going to be, you know, a 10 year commitment to my life. I'm already having challenges with the inner workings of it. Is this really what I want to do? And it came up once again, and it was a full body. No, So Dylan and I decided um, we sold the company to a competitor that was coming up at the same time as us. And so we were like, hey, we've built this awesome thing. You can take the market. So we had a, a great opportunity to just kind of sell what we had built and move on to the next thing. Yeah, amazing. And that's what it's all about, right? Because we as people evolve so much over time that what feels good at the time and like what you guys did... And I know you were also um, training CrossFit at the time. So there was a large part of that that were sort of connected where, you know, you were training in that space and people were wanting ethically sourced meat. And then you provided a solution for that. But as you said, as your spiritual path changed and evolved, the alignment to the, you know, the actual business model or business itself with uh, sourcing meat and, and killing animals, essentially 
didn't align with your values anymore. And at that point, you took the opportunity to sell your business and move on to something new and fresh. And by this time, you had already had career success with your sales job. Now you'd had success building this business and selling it at the right time. And then you went to Bali to explore your spiritual path. And one thing that I'm super curious about is the breath work that you now do. And Cam is now a high performance coach, which is so interesting to me because I'm just stepping into that space of coaching and there's a whole, it's a whole new world. So tell us a little bit about what a high performance coach does. Yeah, definitely. So I, I say that term because it's the only real way that I can kind of focus it in for people. I have this conundrum all the time where people ask me what I do and I'm like, how do I explain this to people? But really what it comes down to is I have a big background in fitness, nutrition, sports, and more of the physical performance side of things. I also have a lot of history in business, right? And so over the course of the journey, I, I realized that the more fit and the more powerful and the more you know vital I felt, the more successful my business ventures were, right? Like when I was a salesman, for instance, when I got really fit, my confidence went through the roof, my energy went through the roof, and I just, I exponentially grew my book, right? right? And so I started seeing that it's like, oh, it's not just about business, it's about how I feel and how I cultivate myself. And so those two worlds started lining up really a lot for me. And then when I went into the spiritual world, I dove deep into understanding my trauma, understanding my pain, using tools like breath work, meditation, plant medicine, all these different things that started then, you know, helping me see the programs and patterns that were guiding my egotistical pursuits and fitness. And so I started going in even deeper into that and, and finding even more openness, even more creativity, even more power in my business. So over the course of that, I learned that for this explanation, I'll break it down. There's kind of three pillars, right? There's, you've got the physical aspect, you know, which, you know, I would say encompasses the emotional and the mental. You've got the business aspect, the mission aspect, and you've got the spiritual aspect. And so as a high performance coach, now what I do is I help people optimize all of those worlds. So I help them go in and uproot the emotional challenges that are preventing them from standing in their power, give them the tools to build their bodies and their vehicles and clear their minds so that they have the energy to show up for their mission, and then support them from a, you know, task management and you know, all the different other things that come from an entrepreneurial lifestyle to make sure that they're able to keep it all in check as they move forward. So, you know, starting on the very foundation of the person's being from their, you know, emotions, we work out to, you know, their mental game, we work out to their energetic game, their physical game, and ultimately their spiritual game, get them optimized in each of those areas, and they take off like a fucking rocket ship. Yeah. That's so cool. And I feel like there's such a need for that, especially now when there's that hustle mentality of you've always got to be progressing in your career and doing more and working harder and longer hours. And, you know, the world was sort of flipped on its head last year where the accounting firms and the law firms that were really pushing these 60, 80 hour work weeks in the past all of a sudden had to pivot and incorporate a little bit more work-life balance and, you know, working from home and this and that. And they're actually more taking that approach to people's lives now. But I think that it's, we still have so far to come because especially in North America, other parts of the world, not quite as much, but especially in North America, it's like bigger house, bigger car, bigger salary, bigger paycheck. You're sort of always keeping up with the Joneses. And a lot of people 
particularly executives or people in, you know, high level positions, neglect their spiritual path, neglect their physical bodies, neglect meditation and reading and all of these things to help reduce our cortisol level responses, our high achieving mentality of you got to be constantly go, go, go. Otherwise you're lazy. And, you know, it's so important because so many people are hitting burnout their marriages are falling apart. Their finances are an absolute mess because they're just like we talked about earlier, constantly, you know, spending more because they're earning more. And then they have the highest debt level in history now, household debt level now, because people are wanting to upgrade their cars and their lifestyles and their houses. And all of a sudden they've got those golden handcuffs because they can't you know, sell the Mercedes and downgrade to a Kia or a Mazda or whatever, because they're so used to this lifestyle, but then it puts this pressure on the income earners or the providers of the family to keep going in a path that is not necessarily a healthy and uh, well, it's not healthy in, in general because they're neglecting so many other areas of their life. And so it's really cool that you talk about the three pillars and I'm sure that the physical and the spiritual ones are the ones that are the most neglected. Mm -hmm. So can you give us an example of who your ideal client is or who your sort of avatar is and maybe, maybe how you start with them? Mm, yeah, great, great question. So what we do is, so our, you know, our ideal avatar is, you know, an entrepreneur professional, you know, between the ages of, let's say, 30 to 50, you know, that 30s and 40s you know, split, you know, between men and women right now, you know, they, they've, they've realized success, they've built the company, they've done the stuff. And they're kind of on that path of, of being like, okay, well, I've done all the things like what's next, right? You know, like, what, what do I do now? So, you know, these people are generally, you know, they adventure a bit, they've, you know, they've got families, they're, they're kind of in that mix. And so they've realized a lot of physical success, a lot of, you know, um, material success. Yeah. But maybe their bodies are kind of falling apart. They've got a ton of injuries or they can't lose the weight or no matter how much money they make, they can't feel happy or, you know, they're, they're just kind or of like, they're burnt out yeah, or alcoholic yeah. or substance abuses or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Or they're like, shit, I just don't have enough energy to play with my kids. Like I get home from work and I have all these things that I want to do with my life, but I'm just so tired. And so what we do to work with those people is we, we give them, you know, the five body assessment is what we do. And we look at, their physical body, we look at their mental body, we look at their emotional body, their energetic body, and their spiritual bodies, we've got a criteria through which we evaluate where they're at, and then we produce a score. And based on that score, we then say, okay, well, you got to start by taking a step back from these financial goals and taking a step back from this momentum that you've created and prioritize yourself. That's generally what it comes down to as the first step is like, people got to realize that this stretch and grow mentality that you're talking about, which is like was preached to us in the finance game. Totally. It puts all of the energy in the stuff and the things and the people and this whole image, right. That we're creating and people forget who they are, right. They get so far away from who they are as a person that they just create this monster for lack of a better term. So what we do is we say, okay, you got to prioritize yourself. We got to look at, you know, just dialing in some basic nutrition. We got to look at making sure that you're getting some good sleep. We got to look at, you know, doing a 15 to 20 minute workout in the morning just to get you right. 
making sure that you're hitting Scandinavian spa and you're, you're getting the day in where you're able to relax and nurture yourself. And so, you know, we kind of build this structure, which we call embodied periodization, which helps them either hit the gas pedal when they have the energy or hit the brakes when they feel like they're hitting burnout. And so we teach them to start navigating that world and slowly, but surely they start to, you know, really gain momentum. And once we've got the basic pillars, then we start looking at optimizing their lives and deepening their spiritual practices and going into the meditation, breath work, all that kind of stuff. That is so cool. I love that. And yeah, and I think that particularly those areas can be neglected because they don't feel productive to a lot of people and a lot of people who are high achievers and I know from myself included, have a very hard time doing more of the relaxing activities like meditation, like breath work, like yoga, or going for a walk instead of a weights workout, you know, things that help to calm us, reduce anxiety levels, uh, bring our heart rate down and lower our cortisol response. And those things are as productive as the high performance things because they help to center us and reground us. And even things like putting our feet on the earth and not in mm. shoes, but like physically taking off our shoes and socks and putting our feet on the ground and walking on the grass and feeling the vibration of the earth. That is something that I didn't know was a thing until about two years ago. And one of my girlfriends who's a yoga teacher told me to start doing that when I was going through a really stressful period in my life. And it was amazing how disconnected we are from even nature when we get wrapped up in the hustle and the constantly running from one thing to the next and barely coming up for air sometimes that we forget that we actually need to just even connect with nature a little bit more and get the feet on the ground and you know, get outside and breathe some fresh air when we're inside on calls back to back to back all day long, right? And what I love about entrepreneurship really is that you have that flexibility that if you need to take a breather, you can go out and go for a one hour walk and either throw a podcast or some meditational music or whatever on and, and be able to sort of come back to center and come back to earth. Can you tell us a little bit about your spiritual coaching? Because I know nothing about that. I would not consider myself a spiritual person, not because of never wanting to, just I've never explored it. So I'm sure there's a few people out there that can resonate that have always been so business focused and even meditation. I mean, everyone says on podcasts and things, if you can't meditate, that's the exact reason why you should be. And it's so funny because every time I try, my mind just goes on 15 different tangents and I'm like, oh, I got to do this and this is more important and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there thinking about my to-do list, which is exactly why I need to meditate more. So can you talk a little bit about the meditation and the breath work and how that sort of incorporates into someone's life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a deep one. That's a big question. Yeah. There's probably a whole other podcast episode. We might be having 100%. part one, two, three, and four yeah. with you. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It's kind of, it's how deep down the rabbit hole do we want to go? So I just, I'll have to kind of taper myself a little bit because I don't want to digress too much. But what I would say is when it comes to being human, we have this belief that we're this meat suit right? We're just this jumble of biology that is in this random expression of hormones and chemicals that are us. 
and we're just like, I'm just a random creation of nature. (laughs) And in my perspective, my experience, the work that I've done to study Eastern practices and immerse myself in quantum physics and these other more kind of out there concepts, it's become very evident to me that we are so much more than that. That whole Newtonian you know, kind of perspective of cause and effect and, you know, all of that. It's, it's valid for the physical world, but there's a whole other world beyond what we can see. For example, we look at the spectrum of, of energy, right? You look at, you know, x-rays, you look at gamma rays, you look at all these different spectrums of things, you know, radio waves, all these things, you know, the energetic frequencies that are connecting us right now, right? We can't see them. I can see a screen because it's on a MacBook that was created by a physical company, yeah. but there's nothing in between my computer and your computer that we can see. The spiritual kind of breath work and meditation side of things helps my clients, helps myself, helps us get out of this physical world to see what else we are. Interesting. And so when you look at quantum physics, for instance, like a lot of times people think that when they hear energy in yoga, They think that, you know, we're this ball of a human that's just shooting energy out of us. Mm. When you look at the quantum model, the quantum model flips the script and says, we're actually energy bodies emitting matter. So we are basically energy bodies emitting these. And some people are going to be like, wow, this guy's totally out of it. For lack of a better term, (laughs) because if you look at like, look at us, if you break us down piece by piece by piece, right? To a subatomic level, we have atoms right? And atoms cluster together to form molecules. And then molecules cluster together to form various chemical expressions. And all these chemicals and these expressions then cluster together to create cells and blah, 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 blah. And we just grow up and up and up and up, right? But when you look at an atom, what is the foundational principle of everything that we are, it's 99.99999% energy. So if we're built up of all these energetic things that are 99.99999% energy, then we're a lot of stuff that we cannot see. Right. right? So the spiritual world, and like I said, we can go down a serious rabbit hole if we're not careful <laughs> down that path. But yeah, for the, the beginners. Work that are, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The work that we do for meditation, for breath work, is we help people bypass the conscious mind. We help people go into their subconscious state of being so that they can actually start to connect with another form of existence, another form of being. And the more that we do that, and the better we get at learning how to do that, we start to get out of the way in this physical world. Okay, so for example, with trauma, if you get, God forbid, if someone gets in an accident, then that accident holds on in their system, right? Like it stores in their tissue. And you bypass the conscious mind and you enter the subconscious mind and you're able to start, you know, moving and breathing and doing certain things, you can actually move that energy out of your system, which then frees up a lot more energy for creativity, business, and all these other things. So by working with tools like meditation and breath work, we're able to unlock a lot of stored energy in people's bodies, move it out and help them totally come back to center and help them come back to that calm, right? Because anxiety is just your sympathetic nervous system is just is stuck on. Yeah, it's just an overdrive. Totally. So we just have to drop into the subconscious mind, find the pattern, shift it, 
And as you will experience in a few days or when you get back from Toronto, you'll feel this wave of stillness, this wave of peace. And the more people can access that, the more productive they get, the happier they are, the more they live, the less stressed they are, the less they react and all these different things. So it's not yeah, really looking forward to this breathwork exercise that we're going to do. What you were saying was resonating with me when I was thinking about a book from Dr. D Joe Dispenza, where he talks about the power of meditation and the power of breath work to actually be able to control the physical chemistry and biology of your body to, you know, help cure disease within your body. Sure. Because when our bodies are so stressed and we're consistently using our energy to fight off our stress levels and not fight off toxins or pathogens or things that are within our body. And then all of a sudden they take over and start, you know, causing cancer again, as it could be a rabbit hole conversation. But when we are so focused on stressful activities and constantly achieving and, you know, performing and doing all these things that we're running at in overdrive for so much of our life, to perform and to do better and almost to, as you said, kind of like dealing with the meaning behind why we do all these things. Is it that we're trying to prove our self-worth to somebody? Is it that we're making up for some childhood trauma that we had about being bullied about our weight or mm -hmm. something in the past? And because of it, then we're going excessively in one direction, becoming a bodybuilder or becoming a high performance athlete because we're trying to prove something. But in the process, we're putting our bodies and our mind through this overexertion of energy into something that is unhealthy because the reason behind it is not a healthy purpose. Then we're actually taking away from, you know, our body's fighting chance at fighting off other things, right? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> fighting off disease and preventing totally. ourselves from that. So it's so interesting because Dr. Joe Dispenza's book talks about exactly that, mm -hmm. using breath work and meditation to really control our bodies again, mm -hmm. have control mm -hmm. over our bodies and our nervous system and our subconscious, uh, you know, brain. That is so I'm really, really looking forward to this. <laughs> as you can as you can probably tell, I'm like, ooh, this yeah. is gonna be a fun experience. And especially, totally. you know, going through the transitional period that I'm in in my life. And what would you say are are some of your clients, I guess, biggest breakthroughs? Mm. Yeah, I love that. Well, recently I had one of my clients, you know, super successful guy, runs a company, he's got about a hundred employees, really, really successful entrepreneur, absolutely crushing it you know, three kids, happily married, always adventuring, you know, always doing stuff, you know, from the outside, you're kind of like, wow, this guy's figured out. And he joined the, you know, working with me and he was like, Cam, I, I really want to lose weight. You know, he's like, I really want to lose weight. And we did this assessment and we evaluated it. And, you know, I kept pushing him and trying to challenge him on how much he was driving and pushing and going. He kind of kept resisting me and he's like, nah, man, I just need to do more. I need to do more. And I'm like, you're stuck in a pattern. I'm like, you're stuck doing more. You know, he went on for about, you know, six to eight months this way. Wasn't losing any weight, was getting really frustrated. And I, I was pushing him and I said, listen, stop for a week. Just stop everything. Stop, stop, stop. Sure enough, his other coach told him the same thing, which was amazing. He got, mm -hmm. he got double team there, which is awesome. And then after a week of stopping, he dropped about 20 pounds. Interesting. It almost becomes so, a bit of an obsession, right? 
Totally. And it, and so the weight is to me trivial, right? The weight is the weight should never be the goal. But what he realized in that whole experience was that he was stuck on, right? He was trapped on. And even though this guy was a high performance dude, he wasn't optimizing his state. And so his body was starting to fall apart on him, right? Injuries, you know, weight gain, all these different things. And so he was like, wow, you know, I look at food different. I take a moment to breathe before I eat. I actually, you know, take a moment to rest before I eat. And he totally went the other way. And so, you know, I, I always tell a lot of people who are into this high performance world is that you have to cause a stress, which creates a stimulus that will then usually drop performance levels. And then when you allow recovery, it comes back up and in strength and mm. conditioning, they call that progressive overload, right? You, mm. you hit the stimulus hard with the weight, mm -hmm. you cause them to fatigue. Once they fatigue and you let them rest, they come back up to a higher level and then you hit that with another stress. And then you kind of do that over and right. over and over again and, and people get stronger, bigger, fitter. The way you run your life is the exact same way. Like I said, we're all energy. We're all yeah. the, you know, every mechanism is the same. A muscle, you know, your bicep, your booty, whatever that is, is the exact <laughs> same as your business. You have to hit it hard and then you got to chill let it recover, let it yeah. settle, hit it hard, chill and recover. And so, you know, the biggest transformations I see for people that are like hard hitters are when they learn to actually follow that more progressive overload approach and give themselves the space to come in. Creativity goes through the roof, productivity goes through the roof, finances go through the roof, all that kind of stuff. So right. that was a recent one that was really powerful. Yeah. No, that I love that. I love that what you said about, you know, going hard and then being able to take a breather and sort of taking a step back. Because I think for myself personally, launching the business for the last two months, well, essentially six months has been like, go, 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 heavy focus mode, lots of late nights, you know, it was a lot of build up to the actual launch. And then now it's like, okay, now I'm just going to go hard on the next thing, which is my podcast. And it's so true that you actually, in order to show up, more authentically and fresh with new energy, it's actually essential to take a little bit of that time to just breathe and sit in the fruits of your efforts and, and, you know, enjoy where you're at, as opposed to constantly striving to go harder, 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 and not actually being like, oh, this is a pretty cool place where I'm at right now and just chill and take a deep breath and really enjoy it and appreciate it. Because if you can't be happy with where you're at, how can you be happy when you have more? Because then you're always searching for more and more right. and more. And then there's totally. no off switch, right? And there's no enjoyment switch where it's like, okay, we're just going to sit at this level. We're going to enjoy it for a bit, come in, refresh, maybe take a weekend off and go away or, you know, do something relaxing. Like you said, go to Scandinavia or spa or get a massage and then hit it hard again. And it's so true that analogy about weight training, because, you know, spending so much time in the gym as I have over the years, I was constantly chasing those numbers when it came to squats and deadlifts and chin-ups and things like that. And then I would give myself a week off training totally. And then I'd hit a personal best the next time because your body and your mind and everything is recovered mm -hmm. that you're like, Oh, you know, I just want to hit 10 chin-ups. And I was, was sort of stuck at four. And then the I took a week off training like completely. And then I hit eight yeah. and it was like, your body needs it, right? Your body and your mind need that mental break and, it, and it's productive to be unproductive sometimes. Mm -hmm. 
100 um, it's the highest performance to not perform sometimes yeah totally so to wrap things up today i have one last question if you were to give advice to your 20 year old self what would your advice be would that be like anything like open season anything usually we think more money related but in your case I know your history, so I'd like to see <laughs> what, what kind of advice in general. <laughs> Follow the excitement, you know, from my past and from, you know, even more of my, you know, closer, closer past and almost, you know, present moment in the entrepreneurship game and in the hustle game and in the finance game and all, all these different things, we chase an outcome that isn't always the most exciting version of who we are. And I am a firm believer that the more you chase the excitement of life and what brings you joy and what brings you fire and what lights you up, the more abundant you're just naturally going to be. Because as a coach, I have learned that people are less attracted to my program and my marketing than they are to my energy and my being. Mm, I love that. Right. And so if, yeah. if I show up and I bring the heat and I activate the people, they don't really give a shit what I'm selling because they want to be a part of the energy. And so Absolutely. my advice to my 20 year old self would be follow the frequency and make that your priority. That's oh, it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. This was such a great interview. Hopefully we can get you on again. I would love to explore more of the spiritual stuff that you do, because I know that that is a whole podcast in itself and the work that you've done with your trauma recovery and things like that. So I would love to explore all of that with you at a later date, but thank you so much. This was so powerful and uh, we'll do the breath work soon. Can't wait. Absolute pleasure, Sandra. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey.